It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Today, we're talking about how to embrace family in the midst of trauma. We are your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And this is part two of our series, What the World Needs Now. You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings. Surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. So that quote comes from Frederick Douglass, who was um, born a slave mm-hmm. to a black woman and a white man. And it was crazy. His, his like life story is incredible. You know, he yeah. he learned to read. Um, actually, his the master he was sold to as a teenager taught him to read. Mm-hmm. And then he tried to escape when he was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was discovered before he was able to do it. Eventually, he did escape um, from he was in Baltimore, Maryland. And he Baltimore. Be- Baltimore. Um, and he uh, became an abolitionist mm-hmm. and a uh, social reformer. We, we know him. Um, we, there's many of his speeches that are uh, quoted every February coming up here. <laughs> we're we're going to hear a lot from yes, um, him and, and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But um, one of the things that is so remarkable about Frederick Douglass's life is mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a picture of trauma. Yeah. It's a picture of so much trauma um, and, and kind of a glimpse at how um, – generational trauma became part of black culture yeah um and is kind of a regularly understood part of our culture and um it's this weird thing we see from from the very beginning of slavery um the the breaking of the family unit yeah the breaking of the family unit is something that was done really well by slave masters yeah and you know you're talking about old freddie d i've never actually that's what i call him freddie d on the block (laughs) um have you ever read his autobiography no i've never i actually never have it's been on my list to read I've I never read say, like it. I did, and here's what it says. No, it's I've read <laughs> excerpts from it, um, oh, okay, but okay. I've never actually read the whole thing. It's, yeah, um, interesting because, like you said, it's quoted a lot, mm-hmm. and I've never actually got to the point where I'm like, I need to sit down and read it, but I will yeah. one of these days. But yeah, anyway, back to the breaking of the <laughs> the home. Yes, uh, slave masters did this really well. Yeah, and um, they yeah. they tore apart homes through all sorts of of stuff, and mm-hmm. they destroyed uh, the family unit because yeah. if you destroy the family unit then you can control people easier. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it literally, it was very um, strategic. It was like, we remove the head of the household and we remove the kind of the, the foundation or the, or the, the strength of the home mm-hmm. being the, the male and um, emasculating him. And we talked about this last year, actually, during yeah. Black History Month. We talked about the emasculation of, of black men and how this started with uh, buck breaking. And, and you can go Google all these things. You don't need us to tell you. But a lot of um, stuff. That happened, and then you had breeding, where black people were not, we weren't even, um, our African ancestors were not even treated as human. It was viewed yeah. as um, just breeding, and so you had um, also slave masters abusing and exploiting not only the labor mm-hmm. of the black women, but you had them exploiting them and, and um, creating children with them. Yeah. And then you have all these things, these different trauma um, or traumatic things happening where lighter color slaves were treated better and put in the house. Yeah, and if you've never yeah. read the Willie Lynch letter or heard of the oh, Willie Lynch letter, look to. that up. You've got to look that um, up. Um, but it, what you said about taking away their humanity, yes. uh, one of the easiest way to destroy a family is to destroy the image of family like there's if you're not human if you're not considered as a person right um then there is no unity there and when you're fighting for survival you don't have the ability to sit back and and enjoy the things like you know sunday dinner yeah you know what i mean like sitting around putting your kids to bed you don't because you don't know if you'll have your children tomorrow yeah you don't they're not considered yours right and And so yeah it's like you had so many different levels of trauma being sewn into 
um, really the fabric of the black family in America. And there's so much um, evidence of this. There's there's remnants of this throughout generations. And we could talk at length for hours about um, the prison, the school to prison pipeline. Oh, yeah. And, all, um, all that. All, all the, the war on drugs and all these things and how it has affected not only the culture of black people, mm-hmm. but most specifically the family yeah. and where we see, um, you know, black single motherhood is a... Um, it's an accepted thing. It's a norm. It's it's become yeah. normative because of the the fracturing of the black family, which happened centuries ago. Well, and the fracturing of the family, though, like because yes, yeah. the black family, yes, is very specific, especially to uh, our American context and our mm-hmm. personal experience. But if if you're not black, if you're not American, mm-hmm. and you're not um, you don't have a history or roots that that tie you to th- this experience, um, just know that that the enemy of our soul, Satan, mm-hmm. has been trying to destroy. Mm-hmm families yeah for ever yeah, from the very beginning from the garden yeah i mean we had the, the the makings of um a growing family god had told adam and eve that they were going to fill the earth mm-hmm. so we know that eventually there was supposed to be uh children and grandchildren great-grandchildren yeah <clears throat> excuse me and and satan swoops in or slithers in, I guess. Um, and actually yeah, swooping is pretty regal, right? That's yeah. Swooping kinda, is, is something. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to give them that much, eagles that swoop, much credit. No. Um, but pitting um, husband and wife against one another mm-hmm. and, and also against their creator, their father. And it's like, he, yep. he came in and, and fractured the family before it grew. Yeah. Um, and it would, it would appear at, at that point, um, and, and probably it did to Satan that, Hey, I, I won here. I got this. Yeah. Um, but God had another plan and, and we will talk more about that yeah, later the, on. The, the image that Satan was trying to destroy was this storge, right? This mm-hmm. is the, the Greek word for familial love, which is what today's episode is about. Yeah. And in this uh, series on what the world needs now, we want to uh, continue to present to our audience that these different types of love, not just different ways to love each other, but these mm-hmm. are actually different types of love are all um, necessary yeah. for, for the proper growth and, and um, development yeah. of the human person. Right. And so uh, Satan, he was, he was attacking Storge. He was attacking mm-hmm. that familial love. And I love what you said, like breaking up the relationship, not only between husband and wife, but I mean, in the Christian mindset, brother and sister yeah. of God, like children of God. Mm-hmm. And then, um, fracturing the relationship between parent and, and children. Yeah. And like that, that's such a, a dynamic that has continued ever since. Yes. Uh, Satan is always at work trying to split uh, siblings, right? Cause there's mm-hmm. always tension between different classes of people, different groups of people, even the next generation after Adam and Eve, you've got Cain and Abel, Cain and Abel. right? Yeah. So there's always strife. And then that causes strife between Cain and God mm-hmm. because now there's this sin issue that's dividing. And so, well, and then between, Adam and Eve and Cain. Exactly. Because there's distance now. Cain yes. actually had to be a wanderer around. That's right. It's like all of these relationships then become fractured. And what it what it is is Satan um is is isolating us, right? He's mm-hmm. he's putting us in a position where we're no longer relying on the community that God has given us. Mm-hmm. We're actually using that community or or um giving that community the the role of uh, aggressor okay. or the one that we can blame. Like the woman you gave to me mm-hmm. is the one who made me eat this fruit. So quick. Um, and we, we also, with that one. yeah. And we also create this, this false narrative of it's just me against the world, which I think is a little bit of what Cain probably struggled with. Um, I'm going to stop putting my coffee there. Cause it keeps making it. <laughs> um, and, and so this 
I have to go it alone. It's just me. And like you said, survival. Mm -hmm. It becomes I must survive and nothing else matters. And therefore, anyone that gets in my way of surviving, mm -hmm. I no longer view them as a human being, a, um, a fellow believer, a fellow human, a brother or sister in creation. Yeah. I view them as an opposition to what I need to get in order to live. Yeah. And even, you know, looking at the, the sages of the disco era, mm. oh, I yes. will survive. I will survive. As long as I know how to love. I know. I know I'll stay, stay alive. alive. I've Which, got all my love to give and I've got, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was, I was going to start dropping a beat there in a second. <laughs> but, but as we're, we're wandering, as we come up against other people, and if we don't know how to engage in love in a, like we talked about brotherly love before, mm -hmm. and if we don't have this familial love in our family, yeah. then we're missing a piece of us. Yes. And, and we don't know how to relate to that person in a way that God has designed us to. Mm -hmm. And so the, the practice of, of storge, right. Of engaging in familial love is something that God gave to his children yeah. uh, for a purpose. Like yeah. we have family for a purpose. Yeah. Uh, our families are a gift to us. And I know somebody sitting there listening to this right now or watching this video and like, like oh, really? but you don't know my family. Like <laughs> that sounds good. Um, <laughs> let's just say families are supposed to be a gift. Yes. The original design and the original intent and this is the hard thing because I've, I, I mean, our family says it and we've, we've said it before. Family is everything. Family is like, it's the heart of who we are. And there's a little bit of that, that, that can sound worldly or sound mm -hmm. superficial because like, oh yeah, family is everything. But in truth, if you look at creation yeah. and you look at everything else in creation, um, God created it. It was good. Hey, it's awesome. It looks beautiful, whatever. But <laughs> whatever <laughs> looks great, I guess, whatever, I guess whatever. I it's like perfect. Just sunset. doing my thing, I guess. Um, but, but human <laughs> beings in family, um, God actually noticed that when Adam was alone, that wasn't good. no good. Yeah. And that's why he created the family, um, the original family. And so when we talk about family being everything and it being so central and even what Frederick Douglass said, mm -hmm. it's so important to have that foundation and in its original form, family is supposed to do those things. I yeah. think we have to highlight that especially for those who have experienced trauma. Yeah. And major, not just like my mom wouldn't let me like join football. No, but like, but like major, my mother left and never yeah, came back. And I have no idea abuse, why or I've been through. Yeah. And like the image of family is rooted in the, the being like the Godhead. Yeah. Like God himself yeah. demonstrates perfectly community and mm -hmm. Trinity, the triune God is three in one. Yeah. And so you have father, son, Holy spirit that have always been in community that mm -hmm. have always demonstrated love towards each other and yeah. have interacted in love because God is love. Yes. Um, and so that's the perfect image. Mm -hmm. Like that's the standard. Yeah. And so the only reason we are even able to understand that our system is broken, um, our lives are broken, our families are suffering from uh, trauma is because we have something deep within us that we know mm -hmm. there's a standard, there's perfection. Yeah. Like we know that, that children aren't supposed to be abused. We know that yeah. parents aren't supposed to leave. We know yeah. just in our hearts, we know that. Yeah. And so um, we have to, we're saying this, on the early side of this episode, mm -hmm. because we want you who are listening to know that if you have experienced trauma, that that was not God's design, but because right. we live in a flawed world and because we have an enemy of our soul yeah. that wants to destroy the family, mm -hmm. just wants to, to ruin it all yeah. because it's God's perfect design. And so, um, know that the fallenness, the brokenness that you've encountered, that you've received was not God's perfect will. We talk about there's God's mm -hmm. perfect will and God's permissive will. Since God has to give us free will in order mm -hmm. to choose love, uh, that means some people can exercise their free will to choose hate yes. and to choose abuse and to choose yeah. sin and to choose unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's it's very important because, th like, God gave us our family, the, the original intent, yeah. right? You can use tools 
away from the original intent. Yeah. Uh, when I used to be in theater, we'd say anything can be a hammer, right? Like you got a microphone, it don't work. It could be a sound hammer. Person's head. A person's I head. I need but to put this nail in this flat. It, real quick. I just need to use this. <laughs> what do I have? A wrench. There we go. That's <laughs> like a hammer. Um, but just because you use something in a certain way doesn't yeah. mean that's how it was designed. And actually when you use it improperly, you're more liable to cause injury. Exactly. And that's just like the family yeah. because uh, scripture tells us that a brother is born for adversity, mm. right? Like the family is is there for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think it is. Yes, <laughs> I was like <laughs> absolutely right? yes. Just me. You want me to, I'll give you some time to take a drink your coffee. Thank you. I, um, I was needing that. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to, you said something that was really I, I thought uh, essential, and I kind of wanted to like sit in it for a second Gross. about how um, like the the attacking of the family mm-hmm. um, and the the breaking up of that family. Like we we understand that there is a standard. Mm-hmm. And we understand there's a lack that right now in creation there, there's a lack of complete perfection. We, yeah. we feel that. And actually I was looking this up because we, you know, we're studying this, this, we're actually studying it while we're also talking about it with you. We're yeah. studying about these different types of love and, um, storge doesn't actually appear in scripture, um, in the word itself, but interesting thing, it's the, um, opposite word that does appear that Paul uses to describe to the church how they should act. So he points out that like, hey, this astorgos, what mm. you see as like wickedness and it's it's unrighteous or un, unkind love, uncharitable giving. Yeah. We need to do the opposite of that. Yeah. That's and so good. I love that. I was like, oh, Paul, look at you using like the worldly image that you see, the brokenness and saying, okay, mm-hmm. that that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to do the other thing, yeah. which is love one another with brotherly affection. Mm. And when you said that, I was like, yeah. So like the, even the deficit mm-hmm. is supposed to show us, to, to point us rather to what the, the true intent and the heart of the family should be. That's so good. And um, because the New Testament is written in Greek, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew mm. and Aramaic. Mm-hmm. You have the concept of, of storge in Absolutely. the Old Testament, but you don't have the word. Um, I haven't looked up the the Latin Vulgate to see if they translate it the same because I'm not that big of a nerd. But um, pretty big nerd, but not that big. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in the Old Testament, we see... Um, God described his love for Israel as a mother yep. nursing her child. And so yeah. you see this image of storge, mm-hmm. even if you don't see the word. And so yeah. it, it's reflected. And that was interesting that how Paul used a storgos instead. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but going uh, before we jump on to how the enemy like twists it. Yeah. Twists lo- yeah. Uh, the family. Um, the purpose of the family. Yeah. Right. The reason uh, scripture says a brother is born for adversity, but the family is meant to be the place where you're formed, obviously, right? In In the the womb, womb, right? Ah, Uh, We didn't even plan that. That was so good. We're married. It's (laughs) awesome. Um, But you're supposed to be formed not only physically, but you're supposed to be formed emotionally, spiritually, intellectually. And before we started sending kids off to school, you were you were homeschooled. Mm-hmm. You followed your parents, whatever they did. They taught you your work, mm-hmm. like your job. You had a family trade, usually. Exactly. And so the family is meant to be protection. It's meant to be edification. It's meant mm-hmm. to be stability. It's yes. meant to uh, teach values. The family mm-hmm. has a um, a purpose to yeah. support you as you get older. And um, then you start feeding back into the family. You start supporting others. You start edifying others. And it's this cyclical system that God set up so that we would love each other and teach each other the the necessities, like yeah. the things to get by and to become um, little image bearers. Boom. Yeah. You said it. Well, and I love this. Um, there's the African word uh, Ubuntu mm-hmm. that means essentially I am because we are. And it's this identity. It's a word about identity. Yeah. But it's not based on. The, the individual alone. And yeah. that's something we, we kind of have lost a lot of that 
in our modern culture Mm -hmm. where it's, you know, we are very individualistic. We are very opportunistic and we kind of look at family as like, okay, well I'm going to have this time at home, but then eventually I need to leave my family and start my own family. Yeah. People misuse that leave and cleave a lot in that system. And, and there is, there is beauty in, in sending the babies off out of the nest. Mm -hmm. But if we lose the identity piece in appreciating that I exist who I am, I exist because of this larger picture. That's right. Then we really start to get ourselves back into that mindset of it's just me against the world and I'm just surviving and I'm just mm-hmm. kind of making it. And and that that kind of robs us of so yeah. much of the beauty that God intended to give us in family. And then what we end up doing is we perpetuate that in whatever family systems we enter Ooh, into. We like, teach it to our kids. We teach it to our kids. We teach it to our, our grandkids, our nieces, our nephews. Or mm-hmm. if you never have kids, you, you demonstrate it to those who are looking to you as some sort of leader in whatever community yeah. you're part of. You're demonstrating your lack of value of family. Yeah. And so it's it's something that's passed down when, when truly, like, Storge is the glimpse of God's love for his children mm. and everything in the physical. I mean, there's a, there's a, a reality, a spiritual reality to it as well. Mm-hmm. And so our physical relationships are meant to emulate our spiritual relationship with our heavenly father. Yes. And so when we don't understand and we don't appreciate, or we've never experienced true storge in the family on earth, it's really difficult to understand how we're supposed to relate to our heavenly father yeah. and how we're supposed to relate to our siblings in Christ. Yeah. And this is why we see so much, um, trauma like this is why trauma there's their entire ministries devoted to helping people heal from trauma their entire um organizations that exist only for that and where do most of us say our trauma comes from where most people you talk to always always something in childhood and Mm -hmm. whether it was uh in their their blood related family or from someone they trusted that was close to the family all of this and and it takes on so many forms there's there's physical abuse Mm -hmm. um mental verbal emotional, even spiritual abuse happens. Um, there's, we, we, um, can all either say we've experienced ourselves or we all at least know someone who is a victim of physical abuse in the home, whose uh, parent or a guardian struggled with uh, substance abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, now it's, it's become so common that it's no longer just like, Oh, well one in every, maybe 12, one in every 20. It's so common. And especially in communities where families are consistently broken and um, really, um, if you don't know a lot about trauma and abuse, this is something that doesn't only happen between uh, parent and, ch- and child. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I know that in my mind, I usually think, oh, well, that's that's the main form of trauma and abuse. Um, but it can be from sibling to sibling. Yeah. It can be uh, grandparent to grandchild. It can be any, from any relational, any relational uh, connection you yeah. have. And uh, it causes so many um, issues in other relationships. Yeah. Because it, yeah. you, you start to develop trust problems, trust issues. Mm. Right. And that's like a common kind of comedic now, like, Oh, that's why I got trust problems. This is why I got trust issues. Mm. But truthfully, why we have trust issues as a, a people is because we weren't developed. We weren't grown in a, um, a family unit mm-hmm. that fostered trust that fost that made us feel comfortable and safe. And I'm not saying like, oh, we need safe space and we got a baby and we got to like, you have to nurture children. Yes. It's just the, the truth of it. Yeah. Um, and you do so in a way that teaches them to be like functioning adults. Yeah, yeah. And so when when you don't have that, then you start as an adult, then you have intimacy problems, you have mm. cognitive issues, you have psychological deficiencies, um, bad coping mechanisms. Yeah, uh, this which is that, I mean, that's a, a whole subject in and of itself. It really is. Survival issues and uh, what is it called? Self-preservation. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it, you, you have increased stress. You have like, there's all these things that happen when you're not formed in a way, or you're not part of a group that helps you develop and feel loved mm-hmm. and feel that familial connection. Yeah. And, and there's an answer to the brokenness of humanity. Yes. There's an answer to the brokenness of your family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that answer, the church answer right, is Jesus. Right. It's always Jesus. That's always the answer. Yes. If you're in church, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> um, but even that community, the, the community of Christ that God has developed, um, Satan attacks it. Yeah. And so there's still broken things in the community of Christ that, that still develop, um, not develop, that still impart trauma onto people yeah. that are traumatic issues. Yeah. And so that's still an issue even in the answer. Right. Right. Like the church still is supposed to be that answer on earth. Like mm-hmm. um, one of the, the great gifts that God gave to the world um, was, is his church is that's the right. bride of Christ is the continuation of the ministry is the embodiment of um, grace and compassion and benevolence. And really we're supposed to be the answer as the church. We're supposed to be the answer for trauma yeah. and, and the healing place and the protection. Mm-hmm. People should be able to be safe in sanctuary. within the church. Yes. Sanctuary really yeah. like truly. Yeah. Um, but, but it's just something that we've, I don't know if at a certain point we misunderstood the role of the church and we just kind of like thought of, be, began to think of it as only a place to go and worship. Mm-hmm. Once again, it's the the physical yeah. dwelling place for the Holy Spirit or for, for the Lord. And so we only <laughs> go the there. Temple. It's the temple. The tabernacle. Um, instead of really thinking of this this nurturing sanctuary yeah. where where the, the, the outcasts, the, the dejected, the abused can come and find respite. Yeah. their souls and well i think you're right i think there has been a shift in in history where when you read acts 2 and you read how they're the family of of god where they they had everything in common and they shared everything yeah. and they loved each other and they were in each other's homes all, like every day and then you look at the church of today and you see it's a place where you go um typically not every church is like this yeah but typically it's a place where you go you hear somebody preach you hear some other people sing um, you get filled up, you get the feel goods or you get the convictions, Have a potluck. you know what I mean? You eat a little food, you go home. Um, totally two different things. Like right. those are two different images. And so the church isn't viewed as a family, but the church at its best, mm-hmm. like the local church at its best is loving. The yeah. local church at its best is edifying. It is encouragement. It is protection. Mm. It is formational. It is a community. Yeah. The local church. And I'm an advocate for the local church. Why is that? Bro- probably because I'm a pastor, Uh, (laughs) but um, it's not only because I'm in leadership in the local church, but that's how I understood formation is through Mm, the local church and coming from a background where I had um, brokenness in my family, had addiction in my family, had Mm. all sorts of crazy stuff happen in my immediate family. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew when I went to a church, I knew there was just something different. I was like, wow, these people are they're loving each other. They're saying, I love you to total strangers. This is weird. Are they family? They're not family, but they just said, I love you. This is odd to me. Um, but I knew there was something good there. And I, I knew there was something that, that I needed. Yeah. And so being a part of a local church at its best, you see that God has an answer mm-hmm. to the broken store gay problem yeah. in families. Yeah. And he provides that in, um, in the relationships. He provides that in the the teaching like the teaching of the word is part of i believe that that family love like Amen, we, yeah. we teach our children we are are sitting them down we're disciplining them and, mm-hmm. and there's things that we can get honestly um some of the best discipline i've received 
has been in the church. That's kind of a weird thing to say. I know, but it's... Do but, you want to... What's the best discipline you've ever had? <laughs> well, you know, I was five and that I had is, gotten... Actually, you know... Vintage SWAT. I, I still remember <laughs> one of the... <laughs> vintage SWAT. It was just... Mm, I, I remember one of the first times I did get spanked. Like, uh-huh. um, like one of the most solid memories. And I totally deserved it. I had done something... <laughs> deliberately against what I was told. And then I, then I lied about it, which mm-hmm. is even worse. And I actually got in trouble for lying, not for whatever doing the thing, thing. was. Yeah. Um, but all that to say, anyway, the best <laughs> discipline I've gotten has been in the church from loving believers mm-hmm. who viewed me as a sister in Christ who wanted my good. Yeah. Who didn't want to see me go down a certain path, either that they had been down or that they knew I was, I was going to end up going down. That's and, good. um, one of the things I remember, uh, you've said it before. Other pastors say it a lot. Like, uh, Satan never misses a Sunday. Oh, he's in never. And, and Sunday, I, I've y'all. been, I feel like I've sat within close proximity to this, to the enemy, to the enemy, just the grossness. Yeah. And you know, you know what I'm talking about Definitely. on a Sunday morning, you get, you're like, Oh wow. Just, just something, just something not right. Something's just, off. You know, yeah. and there's people agitated. Because Satan doesn't miss a Sunday. Nope, he's he knows he knows where he needs to be in in the body of Christ to cause divisions, and mm-hmm. he not only deteriorates the family unit on the way to church because mm-hmm. he'll do that too. Some y'all, of y'all know on the drive the biggest, to church, the biggest fights are in church parking lots Sunday morning. Where you're like, if y'all even ask me for anything, don't touch the candy dish. Don't, and if you ever, I'm a beat, and then you walk in, and you're like, oh hey, Sister yeah. Johnson, how you doing? God, we don't I'm even last, have a drive. We just walk across the street, thing. and sometimes it's from <laughs> seriously from the edge of our yard to the and we we know real quick okay yep everybody we're good we're good now we're good aren't we we're good we don't need to go back across the street we're good anyway um, too real was that too real was that too real uh real life no myth no so as much as satan knows how to deteriorate the family in that sense he Mm -hmm. also knows how to uh, work his way into um leadership areas and to start to fracture those relationships and that's why Mm -hmm. this is one of the main reasons why there's such a drive and a need for um, advocates in the foster care system. This is why we need good foster families and yeah. we need people in leadership with youth. I know sometimes it can feel like the church is always asking for help with youth. Yeah. Like they're always like, come on, somebody please, anybody that, volunteer. It's always seemed like punishment if you want to serve. It is, Go but, help in the children's And area. here's the thing though. It, I really believe, can be some of the most rewarding some of those Amen. challenging, but also Amen. some of the most like edifying. I, I've learned more mm-hmm. in dealing with difficult youth. Yeah. Because I know I was one, but I've learned. I'm like, wow, I appreciate so much more those youth leaders and those camp directors who put up with some of the attitudes that I gave them. Mm-hmm. I appreciate more the, the willingness to listen and um, also being heard. Yeah. I appreciate more when someone will sit down and listen to me. And so there's so many things that the church is the answer for. And actually yeah. I remember hearing somebody say, I don't know if this is still true, but years ago it was said that if every church in America, mm-hmm. every church just adopted one child, not every family in every church, but each congregation, each congregation, one family in that congregation adopted, adopted one, one child, child. Okay. We would not need orphanages or foster care or foster. Cause care. we don't really, have sorry. Orphanages. I don't know why I said orphanages. I was thinking of some part else. of the world, um, um, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't need those systems that's in amazing. place. If that's true, that's amazing. Y'all, we got some work to do. Amen. Um, and there are some churches that have multiple. There's there's churches with foster care ministries that yeah. have multiple families who already open their homes. And so, like, there's there's a reason these um, these certain times of year, or we hear this over and over. Please help. Please help. And I I want to encourage you, or maybe offer a different perspective. It's not just the church wanting you to jump in and serve somewhere. It's not yeah. just a church with another program. There's a true need for people with a heart. Yeah. For young people. Amen. 
Because if you're not going after them with the gospel of grace, the enemy's going after them with yeah. distraction and brokenness. Yes. And there's plenty of trauma to go around. Yeah. But it's not uh, if somebody's going to deal with trauma, it's how they're going to experience that trauma and how they're going to go through it. Mm-hmm. So like even going back to the the quote you had from from Freddie D. Oh, DJ. Oh, Freddie D. DJ Frederick Douglass <laughs> in full effect. Um, on the ones and twos. I'm not being disrespectful. Frederick Douglass, amazing, you know, all that stuff, legacy. I just like making funny names. Uh, Even though uh, Satan knows how to destroy families, knows how to destroy a person, um, God knows how to restore greater than Satan ever knew how to destroy. Mm, Amen. God can recreate more than what Mm. Satan destroyed. That's right. And so God has provided so many practical ways for us to bring restoration, to bring Mm. redemption Mm -hmm. into the broken systems that are lacking in the store gay. So let's move into that practical. I got both hands because I'm not leaning on the table. Oh, Nice. Um, so you I feel can clap. Free? Feel I do. I feel free? like I can. Oh, bust a Maybe step not that on. free. Okay, Maybe I'm just, sorry. You know, I apologize. Just rein it in Everyone a little bit. So how can <laughs> how can this familial love, this storge, 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 help people to heal from trauma? How can we practically do that? You Y'all do know. It out. Come on playing. now. Come on. <laughs> um, okay. So first, embrace family where possible. Ooh. So this yeah. is important. If you have family, embrace the relationships that God has blessed you with where possible. And the reason I say where possible is because we all know that there are broken families, there are Mm -hmm. broken situations that, um, are to a point where you can't do anything to bring about redemption. Yeah. God can do whatever he wants to, because God's Mm -hmm. amazing and he can bring about incredible redemption, but there are certain relationships that, you know, okay, I've done everything I can. There's no connection here. And it's not safe or yeah, not safe. There's uh, unhealed trauma. There's, Mm -hmm. I don't know, police protection. Yeah. Like there are things where you can't engage, Mm -hmm. but if you can engage and you know, there's some sort of relationship there that maybe you've just neglected, or maybe you just haven't um, invested any time or any effort, do the work Mm. and embrace those people that God has given you because God has, God has given them to you so that they can bless you, but he's also given you to them so that you can bless them. So embrace family where possible um, because it's very necessary to feel and heal from those things. Yeah. And I think it's important to um, keep those boundaries in place for yourself. Those boundaries, healthy uh, boundaries. Healthy boundaries um, I think we have an episode about that or an episode at least about, um, uh, what is it? There's the door yeah. where you allow the other person the freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, we certainly want our family to engage with us willingly, right? We don't want to be like, love me. Um, <laughs> in a love headlock. Right. And so, uh, I, you know, really pray about that and discern who in my family, if, if you have connection with your um, blood-related family, who in my family mm-hmm. can I engage with? Or your adopted family, your foster family. That's right. Um, who can I engage with? Where can I start to sow into this relationship? And That's also good. a part of that, even even with having family to connect with, there is a need to mourn the loss of broken relationships. That's very true. And I will say Gotta for those it. of you who have experienced trauma from someone in your family or someone that you trusted and that person's no longer alive, mm. your mourning is very necessary for you. Yes. Your mourning is necessary because that healing has to start. And I, I do believe there's something that happens when tears are shed, when we are finally opened up to releasing those toxins and, and those emotions. And um, that happens over time. Mm-hmm. Like forgiveness can be uh, a momentary thing. I forgive you. And, and I, now I'm moving forward or it, it may need to be a day by day thing yeah. where you have to acknowledge, yeah, mentally acknowledge and say it out loud. And there are some amazing professionals who 
can help walk you through that. You yes. might need a coach. You might need a counselor. You might need a therapist, psychologist, mm-hmm. psychiatrist. Uh, find one that um, will will value your beliefs, mm-hmm. your uh, faith in Jesus, and and go to them and disclose yes. these things with them. And then um, we have uh, someone in this community who has um, just been a wonderful prayer warrior and and partner in ministry who talks about putting people in Jesus jail. What and, what that what that mean? Uh, well, what it means is. You might be mad at somebody. That's okay. Mm-hmm. They did something wrong. You know, you're mad at them. And you could, you know, punish them mm-hmm. with like your evil glare. Drop or your you know, full wrath You just, you know, them. write something on Facebook, be real mean. But it's better to put them in Jesus jail because God is a God of justice. And mm-hmm. he knows how to exact justice and mercy perfectly. That's right. And you just put, I'm going to put you in Jesus jail. I'm going to leave you there. Mm-hmm. You do your time with God. and then Surrender them to the Lord. Yes. And you let God work on them. You pray yeah. for them. Uh, scripture tells us to pray for our enemies and there are some prayers you can have that is not just the fluffy Lord Jesus bless them and help them to have a good day <laughs> no Lord they hurt me mm-hmm. you know they hurt me and it was wrong God and, and I'm carrying this weight and this pain and God I need you to put it on their heart I need yeah. you to help me forgive them but help them to know it was wrong and that's that's a good prayer to pray as well and I think part of that mourning process that's so necessary for people is if you don't mourn um, if you don't mourn loss then you're going to carry around the same emotional um, baggage with you into every situation you go to. So if you're dealing with a loss of relationship, loss of family member, loss of whatever in this store gay, loss of childhood, sometimes people just have to grow up quicker than they, they needed to, than they should have. have, Yeah. And so you have to mourn those things. Otherwise, every situation you move forward in, Mm -hmm. you're going to have a stunted or a um, truncated understanding of what that love is. And hurt people hurt. Hurt people, hurt people. And what is it if you don't heal what cut you, you'll bleed on those who True. didn't cut you. I don't, I remember don't know how the it's, phrase, it's but a yeah, thing. It's a Y'all thing. know it. Yeah. Y'all and know. actually, I mean, there are statistics to show that those who have been abused mm-hmm. are more likely to abuse. And so when you can step in and, and find those therapeutic resources to mm-hmm. help you heal, it will decrease the chances that you will cause harm to someone else. That's right. And so uh, practical step number three, create a church family. We've said it before. Talk about planting churches? Yeah, I, well, you could. That If you want to do it, do you it. plant a church? God's called you to it. You can do it. But do you want to do it? (laughs) Sometimes God calls us to do stuff. We (laughs) don't don't want to do do it. Um, But no, create a church family. We said that the church is the answer to the the lack of storge in this this world. What the world needs now is more love. And this particular type of love is found, if you don't even have an an earthly family, you can find it in a church family. We're not talking about go find a church to attend Sunday morning. Mm, That's a good start. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you gotta, you gotta start somewhere, but you need a group of believers who, who you can uh, lean on when you're hurt, who you can pray with, who you can celebrate with, who you can mourn with, like someone who is in your life, not just one person, but a group of people who you can build relationships and community with. Because, mm-hmm. um, scripture says that whatever you lose in this life for my sake, this is what Jesus says, yeah. uh, I will give you back tenfold. And I can tell you the lost relationships that we've lost yeah. in our blood family, mm-hmm. God has blessed a hundredfold yeah. in the church family. We have yeah. church uncles and aunts and cousins and church grandparents, mm-hmm. people that have just taken us under their wing. And if we were not actually seeking to build relationship, we would cut them out of our life and we would isolate. Yeah. But God has given us the church so that we can feel that storge. So yeah. um, you need to build, re- uh, build relationships intergenerationally. Mm, that's good. I this like is it. don't just look for a group of siblings, right? Yeah. Um, church brothers and sisters. Technically, everyone's your brother or your sister in Christ. But you need church parents. You need mm. people to pour into you. You need um, 
children in the faith. You need yeah. people that you can pour into. And so don't just um, pigeonhole yourself to be like, well, I'm going to join the the young teens or the young adults group, or I'm going to yeah. join the over 30 group or whatever. Um, meet people in different stages of life. And that's how you start to foster these relationships in the local church. That's good. Um, and honestly, this this last uh, little practical thing, it's not little, but this last practical really one. Practical for y'all. It's, it's not practical for, for you, but we want to share something that we practically have been called to do. Mm-hmm. I know y'all noticed the new temporary studio set up. Yes. You're like, what in the world? They don't have a Nick Smith studio. What y'all doing? No, we're in our secondary studio for now. <laughs> we're in a found um, space. Yes. That Nick so wonderfully put together. <laughs> um, but we as a family are actually taking steps right now to partner with God. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause again, that's something you're doing. You're not, you're not doing it for God. You're partnering with him. That's right. He's already doing and, it. Yeah. You're just stepping in the and, mission. And it's to bring about that greater um, mission and picture of restoring and redeeming family Amen. Um, and, and healing from generational trauma. Um, we are going to be going into the mission field. Mm-hmm. Of, I don't know if you noticed my gear. I got my gear and Nick's got his gear here. Boom. Um, I'll let you boy. We will be going into the mission field of the Milton Hershey school. And so, um, we're going to be working with students who, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about the Milton Hershey school, but if you should not, totally look it up. Look it up. Um, these students are going to school in Hershey, Pennsylvania, where they're not with their families Yeah, they for are most apart. of the year. And so they're, some of them are apart from their siblings as well. Yes. And even though they're at the same school, they don't even get to live with their siblings. And so we are going to be as a family entering into that space where we can serve these students. We can be, um, a kind of surrogate yeah. family for them and also serve the other house parents who are going to be, um, there that are that's tirelessly right. serving these students <laughs> all the time. And so that's just one way that we, um, we're hoping to step into this. So these boxes show that we are moving. We are, um, by the time you see this, we're across country. Right. Um, we will no longer be located in Kansas, but we will be in Pennsylvania. And um, we're allowing the Lord to to shape the mission. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know more about what we're doing, yeah. like more behind the scenes, uh, more in depth, we still have a Zoom we need to set up for these folks. Yes. But you need to join our inner circle. Kyle, you you got to. About the inner circle. You got to join the inner circle. So um, the inner circle is our, our core group of people. Yeah. Jesus had people who followed him who enjoyed the things that he taught, who enjoyed um, somewhat participating with him or watching from the sidelines. But then he had those people that followed him closely that actually partnered in ministry with him that he sent out. Um, And while we're not sending out other podcasters to do things, we do have an inner circle of people. That would be cool. That would be kind of cool. Podcast planting Um, ministry. We'll put a pin in that one. Put a pin in that. I like that. (laughs) Um, Podcast church planting. Anyway, so um, (laughs) we have the inner circle who are people who have invested in this ministry, who um, who have provided... um, so much of the equipment that you see here who are allowing us to broadcast all around the world broadcast. Is that the right term? I don't know. Anyway. We're good. Um, and they're, they're partnering with us mm-hmm. and we're also hopefully encouraging them, providing extra content, giving them kind of a behind the scenes look. Yeah. They've already learned about our move. They know about it. They know details about it that we yeah. won't share with everybody else. That's right. And they're actually going to be able to have details about our life in that mission field That's right. that we can't share with everyone publicly. And so we would love to have you as a part of that. We'd love to be able to pour into you mm-hmm. in a different way. And Hey, maybe you'll be starting your own podcast sometime yes. soon. And then you can say, Hey, my mother podcast was the Nick Smith that podcast. Sound right. Mother podcast. Mother. That actually sounds, <laughs> sounds like an kind of, insult. Anyway, yes. um, thank you guys. If you've listened this far, if this has added any value into your life, Bless you. uh, please share this. Please subscribe. Please like it. Please send it to somebody. Yeah. Uh, let somebody know about the Nick Smith podcast. Yeah. And oh, the inner circle, if you want to join it, it is www.patreon.com slash Nick Smith podcast. 
Podcast. Or you can go to nicksmithpodcast.com and click Inner Circle. There we go. So this has been the Nick Smith Podcast. We hope you've gotten a dose of real life. No myth. Be Be blessed. blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us, and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.